0: welcome to the cool explorations podcast and radio program with your host tony peters i hope you'll enjoy today's segment welcome to cool explorations i'm your host tony peters today we are blessed to have renee christensen on and she's going to talk to us uh, a little bit about her book uh, trading them wisely but uh we've got some interesting questions and topics we're going to be covering here why don't you start off by just telling us who you are uh and just yeah letting us uh, know a little bit about you
1: All right. My name is Renee and I am married to Eric. We've got seven kids that I homeschool. I've got from preschool, elementary, middle school, high school, and one grown child. So I have, it's fun. It's a lot of fun in my house (laughs) (laughs) with all of the kids. And um, I have been in working with kids for, I guess, 30 years now in the community and i just yeah i love working with kids i've worked with refugee kids worked with kids in the projects worked with all sorts of kids and um i just really am very passionate about parents discipling their children so yeah that's my passion that's what i'm working on that's why i started training them wisely that's why i've written this book because i think it's incredibly important how we disciple children
0: it is we've talked about that on the podcast here before um, the, the importance of discipleship Uh, and how the church has gotten too far away from it. Too many churches do not have disciple or mentorship programs. Uh, My pastor and I have talked and uh, started doing, they've started up more of that, uh, a little bit of it now in our church. Um, They want to grow that program. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, my son is actually being mentored by uh, uh, another student who goes to Bible school that I used to go to. Uh, and, uh, his, this guy's dad is on our church board and he's just an amazing individual. Um, and, uh, I've told him, I appreciate the fact that he is mentoring my son. Cause, um, I think that it is so important.
1: It is. It's so important. And it's important that the parents actually know the Bible as yes. well. And there's only in the most recent survey that Barna did in America, I know you're in Canada, but in America, only 1% of people that are age 29 and under have a biblical worldview. And it's not a difficult thing to have a biblical worldview. It's not like it's this really narrow parameter. He only has seven parameters that he's looking at. And so we just need, yeah, we need people to be able to know the Bible so that they can disciple others.
0: Yeah, we were talking before that Canada and the US are both considered uh, biblically illiterate now, Yes, uh, which is extremely, extremely sad. Uh, that we have fallen into, into those categories, um, and it kind of shows that we send missionaries overseas so much, but maybe we need to be doing more missionary work at home. Yes, uh, and uh, that's one thing that uh, I've talked about many times on the podcast is is being a missionary right right where you are at home, um, yes. because I think it's it's super important to have that focus and. And be able to realize that you know, no matter I can do all kinds of little things to do missions work. I don't have to be out preaching uh, or anything. I there's lots of little things you can do to be a good ministry uh, around yes. there. There's even right where some, you are. Yeah, if you anybody has Redeem TV, there was a some something I watched on there uh, where this lady had actually just set up a picnic table in her front yard, and she pulls out coffee and tea every morning and as people walk by she like says hi to them and then it's like do you want coffee or tea and they come and they sit down and she says she gets some great conversations flowing just from that and I'm like see that something- is such
1: a great idea I yeah so some-
0: my son was watching that and he's like we should totally do that I'm like we don't have a lot of people who just walk by our our, our street so it'd be a little harder We're in a smaller city and in a and- uh, not as high traffic either but uh, I'm like that to me I'm like it's little things like that, you can just get creative and be like, like, this is something we can do. And when you know the Bible yourself, it makes that easier, as you say, uh, and and discipling your kids and training them wisely, as your book is called, uh, then you can actually have them understand what they're talking about, why they believe what they believe, not just believing it. Um, Because if you don't have backing for what you believe, then the first time you get hit in university with with uh, professors who want nothing more than to have you renounce your faith, you're yes. going to falter. Uh, so, we need to prepare them. Um, I've said the number before on the show many times, but 70% of youth, when they leave the home, they leave the, the church as well.
1: Yes. And in some studies, the, the most recent study, um, there's even up to 88% of some areas are leaving the church. And so that's just, yes. I went to a seminar where they were talking about that and they had us write down 10 names from our classes. I teach fifth grade at my church and I wrote them down and I didn't know why they were having us do it. And they had us cross out seven of those names. And I was just like, uh, no, <laughs> that is not okay. I know these kids, I know yeah. these families. We cannot have that happening with these kids. We've got to make some changes. Things have to be different.
0: Yeah.
1: Then kids have to know, and there's so it's different now too with the amount of media that's coming in, yeah. the amount of lies that they're constantly being fed, the amount of syncretism where it's that different worldviews that are just constantly coming in, and if you don't know the Bible and what the Bible says, then you're not going to be able to identify those lies that are being yeah. fed.
0: Yeah, especially with a lot of the like you say media and stuff that they're being fed like disney is really really bad netflix is terrible um for that as well but these companies just slip it in and it's just sometimes it's just something in the background we were watching something the other day and i'm like i'm like why do they have a rainbow flag just in the background just just randomly there conveniently placed and it's just like these little things that you know your mind doesn't pick up on unless you're watching for it but it's the subtle things it's like okay well it's okay because i obviously my mind's been conditioned for it Mm -hmm. and it's that conditioning that we have to watch out for it's why with our kids um we've been really hammering down on youtube lately um because it's like they're so susceptible yes um and uh that kind of leads us into your testimony. How did, how did you come to the, to know Christ? And what's that walk looked like for you leading up to where you are now and writing this book?
1: So I was raised in a Christian home. Um, my parents, my dad was a pastor. My mom was really active in the church. They did an amazing job discipling me, honestly, growing up, um, teaching me how to have a quiet time, teaching me how to read my Bible. And even a slight amount of apologetics, but whenever I went to a Christian university, a professor actually went through and tried to show all of these discrepancies in the Bible and why that meant that the Bible was not true. And so for about six months, I was just like, what? I have always believed the Bible's true. And I, I was at that point where I just decided I had to know for sure that, that the Bible really is true. I wish I would have read um one of the apologetics books I don't remember which one now but the where he went through and talks about it might be the case for Christ where he went through and talked about if you are talking about an event you don't want it to be the same wording each time it's actually good that they use different wording that that's the that the yeah. witnesses are yeah. different that's I wish so I would have had that book yeah. earlier because that yeah. really would have helped me but at this point, it wasn't out. I was, it wasn't written yet. And so I just started researching for myself and I became 100% sure that the Bible was accurate and that really and truly it was the truth. And so I continued on after that, where I was very sold out to believing the Bible. And then around age 28, I decided that not only did I want to have my quiet times each day, but I wanted to really, really start studying my Bible. I was, um, I'd started a business and I was putting a Sunday devotion out each week. And I wanted to make sure that what I was putting out each week was biblically accurate. So I would actually spend six hours a day studying my Bible at that point, because I just, I felt like I had some catching up to do (laughs) and I was really spending time in God's word. Um, and so it's just something I love. I love, to be able to spend time with God. I love studying his word. I love the truths that I get from it, but I I also just, I love to teach it. So that's my testimony. I've been a Christian for years, but it has, it's been a, you know, a progression as you grow in your faith and in your maturity. um, And in your, even, even realizing the need that you have for God so much more as you get older.
0: Yeah. And we all have our our ups and downs and our valleys um, that we go through in in our faith i mean all the biblical characters you ever see in the bible they all had their their strengths and their weaknesses their their moments of of, yes uh, of ultimate faith and then these moments of just like okay how did you go from being like this like character who was like this strong belief to all of a sudden being like uh you know now i'm kind of wavering on it yes only to come back so it kind of it just shows that they were human uh just they were yes
1: Yeah, and we do the same thing. I've had times in my life where I've trusted God a hundred percent for things that were really hard, and it's like, how can you trust God for that? And then something small comes along, and I'm like, what am I going to do? And I forget to trust God because it's something smaller, you know. So
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and that's where prayer life and Bible reading just comes in. Yes, so so much important. Um, Speaking of kids, you can see mine in the background. Um, (laughs) She's coloring. (laughs) Thanks. So what? led you up to writing your book, training them wisely? And how'd you come up with that that title?
1: So I had, it was really God, honestly, I had a couple hundred women come up to me in a short period of time and ask me how to read their Bible that they didn't, they never had actually read a book in the Bible. They didn't know how to get started And they wanted to know God's word so that they could teach their kids. And I was just thinking, so I was like, God, you're obviously trying to get my attention here. And at that same time, I went to a conference and I learned all of these stats from Dr. Jeff Myers. Actually, he was speaking there about what a low percentage of Americans actually have a biblical worldview. And around the same time we started working, um, In a project area, I was going door to door. We were getting kids and tutoring them and doing a Bible study after school activity with them. And I just discovered that as I went door to door, and I mean, I talked to so many people and I'm in the Bible belt and there was one person that had heard of Jesus. There is one family that had a Bible and the rest, they didn't even, I mean, they hadn't even heard of who Jesus was. And so I just realized that they're really and truly we have not done a great job of teaching people how to study God's word for themselves, how to read it for themselves and be able to apply it to their lives. And if as parents, we're supposed to be discipling our kids and training them wisely, we have to know the Bible ourselves. And so I started teaching three classes, one on how to read the Bible for yourself, one on how to study the Bible and one on how to pray. And then from that, just formed discipleship groups. um, And just I started pouring into women and into teens, but into teens whose mothers did not know Jesus yet. Um, But I was working with them in the community and just started trying to teach them about who God is, trying to teach them how to read the Bible. And so that's how the book Came into being. I just saw that there was really and truly a need there, that people don't know how to disciple their kids. They don't even know really that we're supposed to disciple them. Biblically, it says that you're supposed to. But in our society, we send our kids to school. We send our kids to piano lessons. We send our kids to soccer lessons. We send our kids to Sunday school. And we assume that by sending our kids to church once a week or twice a week, that they're going to learn what they need to learn. But if you actually look at it biblically, It's the parent's responsibility to talk to their kids about God. It's the parent's responsibility to do it every single day. And so the parents need to learn how to do that. They need to learn it themselves and they need to learn the importance of being able to train their kids. So the entire first half of my book is actually how to have a quiet time, how to practically make time to have one. I've got seven kids. I've run a business. I'm very busy. I homeschool them. Um, I work volunteer in the community and at church, I'm very, very busy every day. And so just practically in each season of life, I've continued to be able to have a quiet time because I think sometimes just getting that nudge can help the reason that we need to have it and how to so that they can actually come to know how to study God's word and then be able to pour into their kids. Because if you're a parent who has not read the Bible and you're trying to disciple your kids, you have no nothing to disciple them with. But if you're a parent who is reading God's word and praying and learning and changing, then you can disciple your kids. And like I tell everybody, because many, many people have not read their Bibles, honestly, even in the church, you can start somewhere. God is so has so much grace for us. He is gonna start teaching you immediately. You can start teaching those truths to your kids and start discipling them. Just start somewhere in the Bible. You know, I recommend even just a small book, <laughs> but it gets mm-hmm. you there, you know, where you you realize that you can do it and then you can continue to read more of the Bible and you can disciple your kids and teach them.
0: Yeah. And I, I do recommend that, uh, you know, you do find some books that you find really interesting in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's got different ones. I personally love Psalms. A lot of my, my dad can't stand Psalms um but I love Psalms uh because I love poetry I'm a writer myself so it's just like that's that that's my jam and then I love Revel the book of Revelation two books that a lot of people really just don't like are actually my favorite books in the Bible <laughs> um another one I really like is Job just because I find job so I- inspiring um yes. but I also recommend that people do read through the Bible um find yes. one of those uh read the Bible and read through the bible in 365 days yes Uh, i like something like that i don't recommend that's the way you read the bible all the time but i do recommend that you do read the bible from end to end so that you actually are familiar with every part of the bible yes otherwise you just pick your your favorite and you stick to that uh and a lot of people like the gospels that they do matthew mark luke john uh, and they're like, oh, I'm good now. And it's like, well, no. No, uh,
1: you want to know all of it because exactly. all scripture was given for us. And exactly. it's all connected, yes.
0: And, and when people say, oh, oh the, I read the Gospels. I'm like, you realize the Gospels is not just about the Gospels, right? Uh, it isn't just Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's all the books leading up to it. And then this crescendo moment of Jesus Christ being here on earth, and then his dying for us. And then you kind of have this, this ramping up of, of Christianity where it gets really really interesting with Paul and Peter and all the different things that that you see them and Barnabas, like all these different quests that you see them basically going on that if you like video games, well think of them as quests. (laughs) They they were quests that they were going on. Uh, They just had missions and, and that they didn't turn out the way that, that you would hope. All the time, like sometimes Paul just had to be like, "I shake the sand off my sandal uh, and I'm leaving this town. Um, they were jailed, they were stoned, they were killed um, and tortured, uh, yes, exiled as John was. Yes. So it wasn't an easy thing, but so it's like, yes, the New Testament has a lot of really interesting stuff that isn't necessarily Matthew, Mark Luke, John. There's a lot of interesting content. even in the beginning of the Bible, there's a lot of war. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's lies, there's lusting, uh, there, there's, there's all kinds of different things. So if you like novels, well, the Bible has every type of genre you can possibly think of, including romance. When you look at the yes. the, the, the the Song of Solomon, like it's just like mm-hmm. no, there, there's all kinds of different types of reading you can do within the Bible, and reading it and understanding it is so important to being able to defend your faith. Um, and that was Lee Strobel, the case for Christ you were referring to earlier. Um, I recommended that last podcast. I will recommend it again. Uh, Lee Strobel is a phenomenal uh, man of faith who has some very, very wise tidbits that yes. he can throw your way. So I do recommend checking out his books if, if uh, you have not read them. Um, and uh, Charles Stanley, C.S. Lewis. Um, C.S. Lewis's books can be a little dry, I, I find. So, but they, they are really great men of faith. You can find a lot of wisdom uh, in their stuff. But there's there's a lot of even apologetics, um, which comes from the Greek word uh, apologia, um, which people think means to like apologize to people. Well, that's not actually what apologetics is for. It's not apologizing for your faith. In fact, it's basically yeah. the exact opposite of apologizing for your faith. Uh, it's knowing what your faith is all about um and unapologetically knowing what your faith is all about yes and so i encourage people to check out apologetics books uh as well yes. so you can just you can search google um, youtube for apologetics we've had on a gentleman on here as well um i can't remember his name off the top of my head but uh he discussed apologetics um as well so if anybody wants to you can go through the past youtube videos you can find it it's listed as apologetics um and he he spoke uh, on that it was great to hear it uh because then you can actually defend your faith yes Um, so i do recommend that to people
1: i have my kids read they do apologetics every year in homeschool from third grade on actually so i have a very very long list of apologetics books that we end up going through and discussing together but that um, is awesome yeah you want to find some that are really reputable <laughs> people that Lee Strobel recommends and writes, you know, they're they're in the back of their book form. They're good ones. But um, yeah, it helps because the fact is your kids are going to be given questions. And I exactly. want my children to ask me questions because I'm not scared of their questions because I have the truth backing me up through God's word. And I want to know what questions they have. I want to know what questions others have asked them. And I want them to be able to answer them for themselves because that's what they're going to be growing up and needing to yeah. do, right? And so anytime that they have a doubt, I want to hear about it because I want to be able to work with them through that. Because as your brains grow, when you get into middle school, when you get into high school, you start thinking differently as a child, you have more critical thinking and you do, you start um, the stories that you've heard all your life in the Bible. If you've been in church, they start taking on a different meaning and you realize even more what they, they mean. And just, so as your brain is developing as a child, you do go through that and, I really want my kids to know. I don't want them to do what I did in college where I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. is this true or not? I want them to know starting early on. So I want to I want them to hear those questions through apologetics.
0: Yeah. We love watching nature shows and archaeological shows. Um I, I find they are very, very great at actually encouraging those questions. Mm-hmm, um, they are. <laughs> some of the questions are questions you're like, oh crap, like. My daughter asked us what what sperm was the other day uh, because they talked about that on uh, the on nature show and we're just like oh well this is this is what it is like so without like going into gory details but I mean it's like it does encourage those questions that it's like well I'd rather they ask us than have yeah. them asking other people or teachers who think mm-hmm. that they have to discuss their sexuality with kids these days. Um, so w- with your book. How does your book, um, how does it help teach them that? And where do we find the book as well?
1: So you can find the book on Amazon and get it there. Um, It's, it goes through and explains how to teach your children, basically how to have a quiet time how to memorize scripture, just different spiritual disciplines in their life, Um, how to teach and has apologetics questions that you can ask your kids so that they can come up with answers for themselves based on those. Um, Just how to have biblical living, how to serve together as a family, because I think discipleship is a relationship It's a relationship that you have with God. It's also a relationship that you have with each other. And discipleship has to be done in love. I never want to disciple my kids and it be a box to check off. Mm. I want to disciple my kids because I love them so much. And I want to be doing it in a very relational way. So when I go and serve in the community, my children go with me. Now, if I'm going somewhere that is dangerous, then they might not go with me. (laughs) I'll go get the kids from there and bring them to a safer location. But then all of my children actually go with me. My older kids will tutor and help to teach Bible stories. My younger kids will participate in the class with the other kids that we brought in. And so I try really, so it's just, it's a bunch of different ways of suggestions of how you can also serve together as a family, because a lot of times as parents, whenever I was younger, I was thinking, what can I do with my child at this age to serve others? Because it felt like when they were really young that I was just at home. And so just figuring out ways to help to be able to, to love others, because I think love is really important. Um, how to have a quiet time with your kids through from age three up, basically. I talk about different ways that we do it. So I do it with them each day, but I do go ahead and they have their own quiet time and and what that looks like for all the different ages. I go, it goes from three through grown and what I do to disciple my children. So Well, really from birth to grown, honestly, but they become more involved at age three. But I talk about what I do up to age three for my children, just so that they can learn things because when they're young, it's crazy what they're able to learn. My kids, by the time that they are three years old, know at least 60 verses from memory. And that's because of the, I mean, it's simple. I just play these CDs when they're going to bed at their nap time and at bedtime, it plays through at once. And they learn those verses by the time that they're talking, they already know verses and yes, they don't understand what those verses mean yet, but when they're so young and they're able to memorize so easily, I try and get hundreds of verses in their little brains while they're younger. Then we discuss them even more whenever they're in middle school and high school and, early and late elementary school. But they already have that information there that they can draw on, that the Holy Spirit can bring to mind. The verses that I learned whenever I was younger, I remember them like this. The verses I'm learning now are harder to, for me to recall yeah. than they were whenever I was a child. Yeah. and kid, so, Kids'
0: memories are are incredible. Yeah, and
1: it is. So it's just very practical. Ours. It's practical. It's got lots of lists, ways you can pray for your kids. Basically, yeah. How to disciple your kids and grow in your faith is what's in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know a book that um, is really good uh, is called Kingdom of Glory uh, by The Rock International. And they have... They have their kids stuff and they have adult stuff. Um, kind of Glory is their their kids stuff, and they have a video that c- can go along with it as well. Um, I thought the video was a little cheesy. the 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 actual book itself, I really liked, and um, going through it. And then they have a coloring book that you can get for the kids too. That kind of goes along with them. So it, there's lots of materials out there that you can that you can find to really help assist um, mm-hmm. kids in, in that learning. Um, right. and homeschooling you'd you'd definitely be very familiar with a lot of those different types of of materials uh, and you'd spoken of verses that uh, have meant something to you and recalling them. First Corinthians 13 is one of those chapters I guess that you had actually said was important to you um, why is this verse uh, important to you um, and what what does it mean uh, in its in its proper context?
1: So, Love is what God said was the most important commandment that we're supposed to love God and supposed to love others. So when I start a discipleship group, this is actually the chapter that we memorize, because whenever you're doing things from love, then you're doing them from the right motive and I have found that with my children, I actually have this chapter up on the wall. And anytime that there is a sin in someone's life, pretty much you can come and look at this chapter and find what part of love you were not doing at that time. And so for me, whenever we're doing things from love, then we're doing them from the right motive and we're doing them in the right way. So as I'm discipling my children, people can slide into legalism where they're not discipling from love, but instead it's more of a performance basis where you are, the reason you're upset by your child's behavior is because it's embarrassing to you for how they're acting. The reason that you are doing it is because the Bible says to do it, which is a good reason, but are you doing it in love? So I think love is incredibly important. And it teaches us too, because discipleship is a marathon. It's something that you are doing with your kids and with people throughout their lives. I mean, as I'm discipling women, I'm walking through their lives with them. And so when we're doing that, we need to be doing it in love. And so just the fact that faith, you know, you can have faith to move mountains, but if you don't have love, then it's nothing, just how important love is. And so love is patient and kind. So if you're being patient as you're discipling your children- and you're being kind in the way that you do it, they're going to be a lot more receptive to your discipleship than if you're not doing it in that way. Than if you're being impatient, why don't you understand this yet? Or you're not being kind in the way that you do it. And it just helps with relationships in general. I feel like the one part that really stood out to me, actually, whenever I was memorizing this in my last group, I memorize it, but i go back through it. Um, is love is not irritable. And my son had gotten this very irritating yo-yo that he was constantly playing with, and it would make this whirring sound that was irritating to me every time that he came up. and he would want to come up and show me these tricks. Well, all I was thinking about whenever I started hearing this whirring sound is my irritability of I can't believe I have to listen to this sound again rather than thinking about the fact that my son has been practicing and he loves me so much that he wants me to see these tricks that he's able to do on his yo-yo and so just realizing even little things like that that it was that irritability is not something it was not being loving and it was damaging to our relationship because, I didn't want him in the room with his yo-yo, but instead to take that focus off of that and onto my son who I love and who's trying to do things with me, it just changes my attitude.
0: Thank you for listening to the Cool Explorations podcast and radio program. I hope that you've enjoyed today's segment and uh, I hope that you'll consider supporting us at uh, Cool Explorations on Patreon as well as uh, you can shoot me an email at tpeter745 at gmail.com if you'd like to support in other ways other than Patreon.